Old school Paul, new school Justin. Man, y'all still going to school though. <laughs> Sit down, listen up. Father, son, y'all think it's just another one. Fade the beta, they be grading players, all it's done is. Made the piper pay me, and they've been grinding lately. Up late, hit the waivers, don't hate the player, hate me. It's just a game boy, never gifted one on Christmas. Instead, I asked for ships to hit everything off my wish list. Check the litmus, do y'all really not get this? Hit this triangular shape button, I don't want you to miss this. But I guess that's really none of my business Me risky free, cruise with pollen, Justin just listening Yards after contact and catch, that's a lot of distance The kind of info make me wanna blow opponents kisses But I gotta be clear, there was one key difference Relationship is deep in this vein of ellipses Like how Justin agreed to washing all the dishes I'm just grateful Paul turned the miss into the missus Father son pie, get down on the get down If you don't get it now, then get, get out Father son pie, sit down and get rich now if you're not feeling it now then get get out what's up everybody welcome to the father son fantasy football podcast we are live on twitter my name is paul my name is justin it's father son duo but we're much more than just a father son duo we know our stuff well i know my stuff you well, you're getting there no, no, you, you got you know your stuff. The only pretty. thing you know is that hair. You don't even have hair product in there tonight. I, I have some hair product in there. I got the oh, shades. I, I got a headband, a Dirk Nowitzki you know, jersey. I'm not a Dallas Mavericks a, fan. A football podcast or basketball? It's of course it's a football podcast. We're joined today by Russell Clay. What's going on, Russell? What's up, Russell? Not much, guys. I'm getting some nostalgic feel when we were with uh, with J Mike and Gabe. Yeah, uh, shout out to the, the open, open bar. bar. It's where we met, are, yeah, and now we're here. Yep. So, Russell's a very educated guy when it comes to the NFL draft. So, NFL drafts next week. Figure we gotta get Russell on the show to help inform people about the running backs coming in. We're talking about running backs today. You know, a lot NFL of good draft. running backs coming in. Well, before we get into that, my Twitter. Well, if you're on the stream, you see it at Justin FSFF. My dad's Twitter is at Paul FSFF, and then Russell's Twitter is at Russell J Clay. You guys should already be following him though, but. You know, the NFL draft's a pretty big accolade for most of these players that are going into it. You yourself had a nice little accolade many years back, maybe while I'm wearing a basketball jersey. Do you remember what happened at the Basketball Hall of Fame? When I run a, won a free throw contest? You won a free throw contest, and Russell here also won a free throw Whoa. contest. So at, look at that. You guys at, at the Basketball <laughs> Hall of Fame, too? No, no, his was no I didn't make it that far. Oh. That, was the, that was the last level. I missed out on nationals. I got a nice, beautiful NBA basketball. I think it's in my closet. Nice. It, was, oh my it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool thing for us to do there. And Dirk Nowitzki loves free throws. You know, he had a streak of how many games he didn't miss one for. But <laughs> Springfield, Mass, that's, that's yeah. kind of like my old stomping grounds, probably a half hour from where I grew up. So nice. there you go. Nice. Yeah, I went to the Basketball Hall of Fame all the time. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite NBA team? Well, okay. Oh, so it's a tough question. It, it, <laughs> there's been an evolution. I was a Miami Heat fan for many years. And, you know, 1998-99 when Tim Hardaway and Alonzo Mourning got into the game, that's when I sort of became a basketball fan. And then, you know, I was kind of hanging around. We had the Shaq and Wade years. And then LeBron came, and there were so many haters at the time that I just became a LeBron fan after a while and stopped caring about the Heat. It was a really weird experience. I'm not proud of it, but where we're at now so i guess the root for the lakers now 
Yeah, I love LeBron. I'm a Thunder fan ever since they moved yeah. there. And they're replaying right now the Nuggets-Thunder game, OT thriller where Durant had his first 50-point game. And it pains me. I don't like that guy. I'm not a fan of that guy. I don't like used Kevin Durant. Be. No, no, I used to love Kevin Durant until be. he became a bitch and Whoa. left. No, he is. He he he, wow. he is. Wow. Yeah. I have a strong hatred towards no Kevin Durant. No, no, anymore. absolutely not. No, I don't like Kevin Durant. There was some real time. angst in that. Oh yeah. yeah, I I don't like this man. This man is on my shit list. Wow. When he left to go to that Warriors team, it wasn't good. I don't like Kevin Durant, but someone I do love is Jonathan Taylor. All right, he's coming in here from Wisconsin. Now, many people they say it's Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift as their number one running back coming out of this class. Both pretty good college producers, but Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, is on another level. So before we let Russell take it away of who you'd rather have, I guess, and I mean fantasy, but also who you think the better prospect is between Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. Dad, what do you got to say about Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift? And if you had to choose one, give me, give me the guy you have. You got to choose Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's in a tier by himself. I mean, the next tier is, is Swift, Dopkins. They're in the second. They're in the first tier. Uh, Jonathan's in a tier by himself. I mean, he's a horseback back. Horseback? Uh, he, he's, a, he's a horseback. <laughs> he's the first player to get 6,000 yards in his college career. He has the speed, the size, the production. Only knock on him might be his pass-catching ability. Uh, other than that, I mean, he crushed a combine with a 4.3940. Uh, I think if he can catch 30, 40 passes in his rookie season, he could easily be a top five running back. And yeah. the guy, he's never lost a game due to injury. That's he's, he's, he's going to be a special player. I think he's in a tier by himself. Yeah, people knock his pass catching, but senior year, well, not senior, junior year, I should yeah. say, he caught 26 passes, which is pretty good, and he had that 10% college target share. But, Russell, what do you got to say about Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I kind of echo those ideas. In terms of profiling Jonathan Taylor, he looks like a back that historically would go in the top 10 of the NFL draft. Three straight seasons of 2,000-plus yards from scrimmage. Um, really, from his true freshman season on, was an absolutely dominant running back. And, you know, he's got the size, he's got the combine speed, that 40 time is huge. So when you kind of look at the tier of players he's around, it's really more like Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette and like those types of guys that we've seen go really high the last couple of years. So I'm really curious why he's currently being hyped as you know, sort of a second round pick or maybe a late round or late first round pick, which is kind of what I see. I'm I'm confused by the draft cycle around him because normally he would be top a top 10 to 15 guy, maybe even like a Melvin Gordon top 15. Um, but yeah, it's been fascinating to watch. I mean, the the topic of devaluing the running back could certainly see its first victim of of Taylor falling in the draft. So, well, falling in the draft for me because I think he should be going in the top fifteen compared to you know guys from the past. So yeah, mm -hmm. I he's tier one on his own yeah. Um, yeah. for me. See, we're we're all in lockstep here. I love it. I, I mean, people like I don't get it. All the mock drafts I'm looking at. I never see Jonathan Taylor in her first round. And if there is a running back in the first round, it's typically DeAndre Swift. And I'm not really? knocking DeAndre Swift. I just think that there's a noticeable difference between these two guys from a prospect level and all of that. I think DeAndre Swift is very talented, maybe a better pass catcher. People love his pass catcher and the way he's able to change gears in space. 
and also coming from Georgia, I just think that if you're going to have Swift in the first round, you got to always have at least one or two mock drafts with Jonathan Taylor there because the dude is a specimen built in a lab almost. It's kind of crazy. People knock his fumbling problem, but you see some guys are able to fix that. Like Miles Sanders' biggest knock was his fumbling problem. He didn't do too bad his rookie year. And so I think Jonathan Taylor, hopefully going to be a second-round pick. I have heard some buzz he's going to be a third-round pick, but, you know, the running back, people are starting to catch on running back. doesn't really matter. And I hope that, like Russell said, Jonathan Taylor is not going to play a victim to that. But moving on to DeAndre Swift. You've had a lot of running backs come out of Georgia. You see Todd Gurley a couple of years ago. You you see Nick Chubb, who I like a lot. Sony, Sony Michelle. Michelle. Well, Sony Michelle. Yeah, he's got his own story. But Swift was able to get playing time with them there when he was younger. And then in his year, he finally had some good production. But, Dad, what do you got to say about DeAndre Swift? You know, he's a good runner on tape. He's not going to be a horseback. Workhorse. workhorse. A, a workhorse back like Taylor. Um, he's probably the best receiver of the top three guys which I believe is Taylor Swift and Dopkins. Um, he had 73 receptions, 9.1 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, durability, I don't think is a concern. I think he looks a lot like Jock, Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's never reached 200 carries in a season, but I think he's going to come into the M- into the NFL right away and contribute on all three downs wherever he goes. Yeah, that's why I think he could be a workhorse back because he has the size. He's 212 pounds. You're seeing more backs in that 210 to 220 range now. Like you no, know, he McCaffrey. could be. He's people that, like Taylor, like Taylor, they say, well, he's been a workhorse back his whole career, so that could hurt him later on. But I don't see how they can they can say that when that's that that's not all these guys true. Just because he's a workhorse back in college doesn't been mean he's got like, wear and tear on him. No. You know what I mean? These guys are still young. They're still going to produce. Yeah, the thing about DeAndre Swift, though, was his pass-catching ability. So, Russell, I know on Twitter I haven't really seen you being the biggest fan of DeAndre Swift compared to others, but what do you got to say about him? Well, uh, more so I've just always had pushback against the idea of him being the clear number one running back in this class because even since last year, I mean, I, I kind of follow college, you know, all the time. So, like, these conversations have been being had. And last year, last summer – it was like Swift clearly better than Taylor. It's not even a question. And I was always like, what do you, what, what do you, what, what, is, what is this conversation we're having right now? So that was my big pushback there in terms of Swift overall. Um, I think, you know, it was mentioned perfectly here, which is that uh, his freshman, his true freshman season, he went into a depth chart with Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb in it. And he, earned the starting receiving down role, which should be looked at with a lot of praise. Um, It's funny to look back at Nick Chubb's evaluation because a lot of the talk was that he wasn't a receiving down back. And now with hindsight, we're much more aware that, oh, it wasn't that. It was that he had DeAndre Swift as the third running back on the depth chart. So, um, yeah, I like Swift, obviously, uh, a late first-round caliber running back. And, again, in terms of his profile, it makes sense for, for him to go in that range. That's why the Taylor one doesn't make sense because Swift's value isn't being shifted by this Um you know, sort of running back devaluation, because that's exactly where I'd expect his profile to go. But Taylor's getting knocked. So it's very strange. Um, I do like Swift. I think he's worthy of that spot. And, you know, I don't think he can be a 350 touch per season guy, but I could see him in a good situation getting those 275 touches, 225, um, you know, rushing attempts, and then 50 to 60 receptions. 
kind of like what we saw with Kareem Hunt that that rookie year with Kansas City. Um, but yeah, he doesn't need to get 350 touches to be an RB one. So, um, and and one more point to add on to these, you know, um, it, it's it's nothing but a good thing to see a lot of touches in college. Like that means this player held up over a long timeline. Um, you kind of go through all the best running backs of the last 20 years. They've all had pretty heavy workloads in college. That's a positive indicator. The people that are using that against, you know, Taylor just are trying to find something to yeah. use against him. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that hundred percent. Now ideal landing spots outside Kansas city. Cause everyone wants to go to Kansas city. You go to Kansas city. Yeah. You're going to be the best running back in the NFL. I get it. So ideal landing right. spot for Jonathan Taylor and Deandre Swift. What would you say? I see mock drafts saying Ravens are going to take Deandre Swift round one. I like that spot a lot for obviously the purposes of Lamar Jackson, freezing linebackers, and then having the option to go to either Taylor or Swift. But there's also Miami sitting there late first round where people are kind of scared of Miami landing spots. So what's your take on the landing spots for both these guys and what's like an ideal one outside of Kansas City for them? You you hit the nail on the head. Baltimore for either one of those guys would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami is a weird one because it looks terrible right now, but it's going to be totally different in a year from now. You know, it's kind of like um aj brown last year at this time where he went into a situation that was horrific and nobody would deny that at the time but you trust the player and things got better just by pure almost luck by Mariota getting benched so uh we don't know what miami's gonna look like from a dynasty perspective for a year from now and um i'm generally optimistic it's going to look a lot better than it is now so i i do like that that spot right there i or yeah talent over situation because things can change like that like russell already mentioned so i like either or and we're having an intervention soon spoiler for my favorite teams i don't have a favorite team right now no allegiances last year was the browns until the helmet situation we're not talking about that but We got top three. The oh, Dolphins. I, I think you changed the, the Dolphins because they were terrible. That's no, why no, you changed no. The Dolphins team. are in consideration. The they, Dolphins. They didn't are, win the ten wins like you said. Well, they we're, were gonna, we're saving they're, this they're for an terrible. episode when Dan comes on. When Dan comes on, we're saving this for an episode. Oh, but the I Dolphins are in Dan consideration, and I'm starting. You know, because Dan's I, on my side. I understand this. Most people are on your side. I'm not <laughs> expecting people to be on my side, but it's happening. <laughs> All right, but oh, you got other running backs. Those are usually the top two, and. I like J.K. Dobbins. All right. I mean, Ohio State running back, Ezekiel Elliott, very talented. You saw him. Carlos Hyde also from there. And now you got J.K. Dobbins coming in. And I don't watch a lot of college football. I plan on watching more in the future because it is really exciting. But when the bowl time and later in the season happens, I'll catch some games here and there. And whenever I saw an Ohio State game, either against Michigan or something like that, Dobbins kind of stood out for me. This guy is speed in game. I mean, he didn't run a 40 at the combine because he's a pussy. No offense. I mean, he, he, the dude's got to run a combine. But, you know, you see you see pictures of the, the locker room there. He has a record for his 40. He sits it in the four threes, and he's supposed to test very explosively too. But against Clemson, very good defensive team, He they couldn't find an answer to stop him until he got hurt in the, in the bowl game. So, yeah. J.K. Dobbins. We'll start with Russell this time. What's your take on J.K. Dobbins? Do you think he's the number three running back in his class, or would you better have a Cam Akers as number three? I think both are very close. When I get to that range, it's going to come down to the landing spot for me personally. Both guys very exciting and both athletic profiles. So J.K. Dobbins, what's your take on him? 
Yeah, another very good um, prospect profile for Dobbins here. I've I've really liked him. Again, he was a guy kind of like Taylor who broke out as a true freshman. And when you see, you know, a running back breakout at one of these high-end schools like Ohio State, Clemson, or Alabama, y- you start to get the wheels turning on, okay, is this guy a first-round pick in the future? What are we really looking at here? Now – he kind of had a bad sophomore season, so that threw everyone off the scent. Um, and after his sophomore season, a lot of opinions solidified. So now that he had 2,200 yards from scrimmage in his final year, there's still some people that aren't really on the train. But I, I love his profile. I, I think, as mentioned, you know, he's had some dominant games and he's looked fantastic. Um, didn't test out, but I'm pretty confident, you know, he's not totally avoiding it. I I'm confident he runs below a four, six, which is all I really care about for a guy like him. Um, and yeah, I expect, expect him to go in the second round. That's kind of what his profile says to me. Uh, I kind of see him in that Dalvin cook range of prospect. Now that doesn't mean He's quite on the level of Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was better, but I do see, you know, a similar range of outcomes for those two. Um, so I really like Dobbins. I think he can uh, maybe be a low end RB one if he lands in the right spot and stays healthy. So yeah. I, I definitely really like him as a prospect. Yeah, this running back class is very exciting compared to last year's. Yeah. You had Jacobs. People were kind of like, eh, Miles Sanders is a good prospect. But outside of those two, David Montgomery kind of like you had to base it off of the broken tackles. This class you have, I believe yeah. it's a, people are saying like a Mount Rushmore of guys, top four. And people are even including Clyde Edwards-Hilaire we're going to talk about. I think he's the most controversial one out of all these five, but we're going to get to him soon. But that, J.K. Dobbins. Russell likes him. I like him. You're shaking your head. No, no but no, I think you like him. No, what, what, I like him. The, the, the thing is here, it depends where these guys land. Well, obviously. We don't like, know landing Like Jonathan spot. said, where they land, because wherever they land, opportunity is going to be king. So it depends on right. what, where they go, right? And we won't know that. We're going to know that in a week. Yeah. A week or so. So, so let's assume I, I mean, round two capital. I like him. I mean, he's, he's, he's good yards after the contact. Um. He's got that one. Twenty-two plus catches too. each season, so he's a good catcher. Nine point one yards per catch out of the out of the backfield, which is pretty good. Uh, he can be a three-down back, I think, if if the team that he goes to wants him to be. Like like I just said, opportunity is king, right? Uh, Jonathan said he didn't have a, a Russell. good. A Russell, sorry, Jonathan good, Taylor. He's, he's <laughs> assuming you were great, and I agree with him. I love it. Jonathan said he didn't have a good sophomore. <laughs> That's the compliment. He didn't have a good sophomore year, but his freshman year. He had a record of 1,403 yards. Uh, I mean, he's a dynamic runner with plenty of moves. He had 301 carries this year. He's a physical downhill runner. So, I mean, I like him. It all depends where they go. Yeah, landing spot's going to matter. He does possess a three-down skill set, just like the other two we mentioned. And I think that – I think those two, him and and Swift are in a tier by themselves. So, we'll put Jonathan in his own tier. And then I think Swift and, and Dopkins are in their own tier. I think you got to kind of include Akers in that tier. Let's get into the camera like now. Ford, Akers. Well, we're going to talk about this in soon. All right, all right. Well, hopefully Debro's <laughs> not in this chat because he'd be very mad at you right now. He's a big Cam Akers well, guy. I'm not saying I don't like Cam Akers. I'd just rather have Clyde over him. Well, we're going to talk about Cam Akers. So Cam right, Akers go for it. tested very well at the Combine. He did. People didn't expect him to do. It's 447. It's 89th percentile speed score, 66th percentile burst score. He also has 89% 
what well, 89th percentile college dominator rating. You like to see that, and also above a 10% college target share, all pointing to the signs of a workhorse. And I'm gonna find a stat. It's like I don't have it in front of me, but his offensive line. Was terrible. terrible. It's terrible. like it's like five of you yeah. trying to block some S- like ACC guys. It doesn't it work out terrible. well. They're gonna blow right past you. He was their best offensive lineman. Yeah. So completely terrible. What do you got to say about Cam Akers? Because you like Kyler Rudolph more, you know, which I understand. But what do you got to say about? No, I, Akers? I mean he had a good freshman season, right? I think he had the school record, right? So now the offensive line is terrible. Uh, he st- he never had anywhere to run, but he still did manage five yards of carry, which is pretty good. I mean. He'll be glad to go somewhere where they have better blocking, right? We can all agree to that. He had 30 catches this season. Uh, I mean, he might have more upside than than Eclair. I mean, he, he's good. Like I said, landing spot is key. Landing spot would be key. What do you guys say about Cam Akers, Russell? Can you help shed some light on this guy? Yeah, it it was a strange couple of years for Cam Akers yeah. compared to what we thought we were getting. Uh, out of high school, he was looked at as like one of the guys. He was, you know, a five-star recruit, came in, was was really supposed to be special and showed signs in his freshman season of being kind of that guy. And then, so beyond just him, Florida State has been rebuilding in general the last couple of years. And the, t- the offense fell apart around him. And, you know, I, I play a lot of daily fantasy for college football. And uh, over the last two years, it's just been like they're unplayable because of the quarterback situation, the rebuilding offensive line. I mean, it goes a lot of people like to talk about the offensive line stuff, and it's really important. Um, but it goes even beyond that. The team was just a disaster. And when they're facing Clemson, you know, what do you want them to do? Yeah. Like he's, he's got three first round picks running him down yeah. every play. So right. um, it, it's an, ug- it was an ugly college career for what we thought we were getting. Um, I kind of learned my, my big mistake uh, years ago was knocking Le'Veon Bell for his college yards per carry. Um, and I see many people doing that with acres right now, but we have to look at the other side of the coin here, which is that his situation was terrible. He tested out well. And he's probably still going to go high. Now, if he goes in the fifth round of the NFL draft, then I'm probably going to be on the haters' side. But, you know, if he still goes in the top three rounds, um, I mean, he's shown plenty of highlight plays, pretty good receiver out of the backfield. And, um, I, I mean, he was sort of a featured guy for three years. So I, I dig him. Um, it's just, I think he's properly placed and I do think he's a little tier below Dobbins and Swift. So I'd kind of have Taylor Swift Dobbins and then acres. Acres. I'm with you on that. So per Graham Barfield, he's got his yard created coming out tomorrow, which is very informative. And I look forward to reading that. So how often a few of the top running backs in this class were contacted behind the line of scrimmage on their carries. All right. Cam Akers, 30% of the time. That's insane. Second was Jonathan Taylor at 11%, and then third was DeAndre Swift at 9%. So you want to go, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So worst blocking disadvantages <laughs> in college football over the last five years, so that's yards blocked per rush attempt. Cam Akers at the bottom at .57, and let's say third from the bottom is Dalvin Cook at .66. So you're seeing big differentials already like that, and eighth worst was Singletary at .93. So he's that that bad, and yeah. it's just it's it's disgusting. So he's contacted the line of scrimmage, before it 
three percent of the time, and he's still able to create that kind of production you mentioned. So, I mean, that's a little excuse, I guess, for him. But landing spots going to matter. I seen some mock drafts say Pittsburgh. I think that's a pretty good landing spot compared to other spots. I mean, I'll take a Pittsburgh landing spot for Cam Akers. He could probably be the workhorse, not this year with Connor still there, but, you know, split some time with him and then eventually go to it. Also, people were saying maybe Atlanta he goes to in the second round. Atlanta's met with a lot of running backs. So either of those situations, I think, will benefit Cam Akers compared to going somewhere else like Seattle or, you know, one of those spots, like with crappy spots. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to see that. Oh. Now, a guy <laughs> I have a heart. Russell hard... doesn't like that, right? Yeah, I just be I just have such sad Rashad Penny memories <laughs> yeah. of just like getting yeah. so excited and them just pounding my face with Chris Carson. Oh, yeah, so, I feel you on that hundred percent. Well, what if Jonathan Taylor goes to Seattle? I mean, that's going to be annoying too. I'd be really sad. Yeah, I'd, be yeah, like, I'd uh, just stare uh, off into the wall for a little. I bit. just yeah, what could have been. Pete Carroll. Now, guy, you said you like a lot. Clyde Edwards Hilaire from LSU. 5'7, 207, ran a 4'6 at the combine. It's a 36 percentile speed score. He did have, however, a good burst score at 89th percentile. The college production wasn't there until they happened to have the best offense in college football history. So, my worry with him is is he a product of that? I know, and I'm doing a couple of starters right now. People in the chat are saying, oh, he's a mix between Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Best receiving back we've seen in a long time. So people on Twitter are saying, oh, he's the best receiving back. He's the best route running back we've seen in, in a long time. And he's just some pretty credible people. I don't have it right in front of me in my head. I always I would add them because I don't care. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, hey, I know he could pass catch. You saw last year, 55 receptions on 58 yeah. targets. Thanks to Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, a top like 5-0 line. And, the, you know, they're just putting up points galore. So what do you guys say about Richard? Well, we'll hear the good side first, and hopefully Russell can bring it back down to earth for us. Well, well, I mean, look, he played with the amazing LSU offense yeah. that helped him last year. There's no question about it, right? Uh, at LSU, it's tough to get a big share of the volume. I think this guy is going to be fun to see what kind of back he becomes in the NFL. I mean, he's I think he's the best pro or the best pass-catching back in this class of, of running backs. Like you said, he had 55 catches, 453 yards, and a touchdown. He can be an asset on any team in a passing game out of the backfield. Well, one thing he doesn't have is he doesn't have long speed, which could limit him in the big plays, kind of like uh, Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Montgomery had kind of the same issue when he came out. Um, he is tough to get to the ground, and he did have a disappointing 40 score. Very disappointing, and I think I don't like. I'm worried he's a proponent of that offense because he didn't see much production until he had Joe Burrow. He didn't do too bad in 2018. You know, 658 yards and 146 yeah. carries. That's not awful. But once he had Joe Burrow, really took that next step. And I was listening to Roto Underworld. They were saying, you know, this guy's. It's very hard to find a comp for this guy. He doesn't really match with any of his measurables in his production. It's very hard to find a comp for this guy. And a guy that size who runs a four six. 40 it's not really promising when you don't really have any player comps so russell can you shed some light on the situation you guys just snapped me into a comp ah, right here uh, yes. i got it yes. so um i think he's gonna go in the second or third round um first of all kind of a very unique profile as they were mentioning no production in his first season really limited you know in his second year on kind of a a boring offense joey burrow hadn't quite uh, figured it out yet and uh kind of mediocre efficiency and then blasted off um his his junior season but i mean okay now hold on let me just say 
this guy was a very good prospect and a second round prospect for a reason. Right. But um, Amir Abdullah, when he was at Nebraska, you know, kind of had the same first three seasons um, and really broke out in his junior year, decided to stay for his senior year, but um, kind of had that same issue with the speed score. I think he ran like a four five eight or something like that at 200 pounds. So he was kind of that guy that didn't have that long speed either. Um, ran into a lot of injury issues in the NFL, so we never really get to see what he was going to look like. But, um, you know, I think we're kind of looking in that range of prospect, and that could be a good thing. One of the things I always try to do with my player comps is like, all right, this is a range of outcomes. This isn't dead on. You know, like if you ran Amir Abdullah's college, like NFL career, a hundred times, I'm sure what happened would have happened a couple times, but I also think he would have been successful in quite a few of those others as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I like Edwards Hilaire. I do, you know, he doesn't have a perfect production profile. I like that final season. Um, he should be a good player, but um, I don't know. It's interesting. He's the one guy where I haven't really solidified anything yet. I want to see those on draft day before I lock it again. Yeah, no, landing think, spot is definitely key for these guys. I think That's it's sure. more key for Edward Solaire, a guy like him, because if he lands yeah. in Tampa Bay or Kansas City, which is a possible one, those are two good spots for him, I think. I mean, his pass protection isn't that great, so I don't know why Tampa Bay would want to bring him in because you got to protect Tom Brady. But Kansas City, I could see them taking him in the second round, and, of course, anything goes out the window and you go to Kansas City, you're going to be the number two or number one back in his class in fantasy drafts coming soon. But landing spot, I think, matters for Edward Tiller more than it does for these other guys like a DeAndre Swift or a Jonathan Taylor. So I'm not, I haven't gotten any Edward Tiller at all in my startups. I've been passing on him because I'd rather have, uh, like, I'd rather just not take him. That running back, like, he's going, like, 19, 20 range. But people, I mean, what do you got to say about the route running thing, about how he's like the best pass catching back people have seen in a long time? I don't really buy that. Yeah, no. I mean, he's good. He's definitely, <laughs> yeah, he's good, definitely good. He's really, okay. There's <laughs> there's, there's really good, and then there's like Christian McCaffrey. Wow, good. Yeah, wow, and wow. like that, you know, so he can be in a, like he's really good. Um, and probably one of the best in the, in the last couple of years. So I don't totally disagree, but, um, you know, it's kind of like when the, the conversations of elite wide receiver prospects comes up and I just go, well, they're not in the same stratosphere as Calvin, but we can open the conversation there yeah. after that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those where, yes, I agree. He's, he's very good in that area and should that should equal a lot of fantasy points for us at some point. Yeah, so it was Grant Barfield who I just touted, and he tweeted out right here. Among running backs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the best route runner to come into the league since Christian McCaffrey. CMC okay, is a little more versatile, okay. but a few Sweet. backs consistently create separation against linebackers like Edwards-Hilaire. That's fair. I think that's, that's, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I like it. I mean, we'll see what landing spot is. That's going to matter a lot for him, but... He's, he's definitely in my number five running back, but number six, who's very close, is my sleeper back, who a lot of people are starting to get on now, but I've been drafting him before when he's even cheaper. That's Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. In the chat, we have Tom Rice saying, is Keyshawn Vaughn to steal the draft? I need Key Vaughn takes. We're giving you the Keyshawn Vaughn takes right now. So Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's not a great situation either. They're kind of like Cam Makers at Florida State. It wasn't that great. Also going against top talent uh, in the, I think, SEC. Yeah. So what do you guys say about Keyshawn Vaughn? 
I mean, he's got the size to be a lead back. He's 5'10", 214 pounds. Uh, 7.9 yards per carry his junior year, which was his best year. Uh, but he did have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, he also he also can catch the ball. He had 28 catches for 270 yards and a touchdown. So once again, you know, I I, I want to see where he lands before I'm I'm high on him. Well, yeah, that's all these guys you got to see where they well, land. But we're talking pre-draft, pre-landing spot, the prospect profile from these guys. I like Keyshawn Vaughn. I think he has production. I think he has the all-purpose skill set. He showed it. People are saying he's more of like a north-south runner. He had a 74 percentile speed score. That's not top tier like DeAndre Swift. Well, like Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift was like, eh, okay, too. Well, you're can't not make compare him with them. But we're not guys. comparing him. He's in the tier below these guys, so you don't have to take him in your drafts to the same spot in the first round like mm-hmm. this. But I think he can be the steal of the draft if he gets to a good team. So Russell, what do you guys say about Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt? And we got Tom Rice's Dolphins a good fit. And I think we talked about it earlier. Dolphins are going to be different in a year from now. I don't know if Vaughn is a better fit than the Swifter Taylor to the Dolphins or Dobbins, but I think if the Dolphins pass and running back in the first round, I wouldn't mind seeing Vaughn to the Dolphins. But what do you guys say about Keyshawn Vaughn? The the honest answer on is the Dolphins a good fit is we have no idea and nobody has any idea. Because <laughs> this roster is going to have incredible yeah. turnover yeah. in the next year sure. and they're you know they're going to be completely revamping that so i would actually say i would lean on that situation being much better than we'd expect yeah um so i actually have a personal Keyshawn vaughn story okay um, we like we like this as, deep as i mentioned you know i'm a college football guy i watched college football to play dfs and um, potentially make wagers on certain events at certain periods when it's legal for me to do. And um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I made a tweet in 2018 about how, you know, I liked Vanderbilt's coaching. I like how he's turned around the program and how I thought they were really good this year. And I really liked how he turned around the offense. And I got a ton of <laughs> Vanderbilt fans just roasting like the coach in my mentions and I was defending the coach. Right. And someone brought up Keyshawn Vaughn who had his career year in that, that first season with Vanderbilt. And I was saying like, yeah, but what did Vaughn do at Illinois before he transferred? Like his production was really bad there. Um, and, and then he comes to Vanderbilt and they optimized him in that offense. And so, like, I can see how when he saw that, he was like, oh, this guy, you know, is talking trash about me and, like, is, um, you know, a hater. And so he he tweeted at me. He said, like, watch your mouth, watch your words with who you're talking to or something like that. And actually, he DM'd me that. He didn't tweet at me. He DM'd me. And then I clicked to go on his profile, and he blocked me. Oh, so, there we go. Keyshawn. So I, oh. If there's a number one Keyshawn Vaughn, I guess hater, it was me. I'm not. I liked him. Oh. Um, so er- every time Keyshawn. his name comes up, Keyshawn. Yeah. Why Keyshawn? Oh, you could have <laughs> every had time his, his, oh, <laughs> his name comes up, I get a little grimace, oh. like oh. That's understandable. Now he's good. <laughs> oh, so Keyshawn. long, long story short, I do. I do like him. Um, I think we just look at that 2018 season. Uh, his quarterback graduated after that and 2019 was a regression year. So yeah. that's understandable. Um, yeah. 
probably a third or fourth round guy. Uh, I could see him jumping into a fantasy relevant spot. And uh, I actually like him despite me being blocked. Keyshawn, you're not listening to this, but if you were, you got to unblock Russell, <laughs> maybe, my maybe guy. He's now and maybe unblock he's listening him. Maybe he's on Twitter right maybe now. He's watching. Him. He's like, oh, this is the guy that talks shit. But he wasn't even talking shit. We oh, learned that. Uh, best comparable player on player profile is Dalvin Cook. That's pretty good. That's pretty uh, good. I'll, I'll take that. And, you know, he showed us he can pass catch as well. We'll see where Keychon Vaughn lands. But now, since Russell has a personal vendetta against this man, <laughs> I think he's got to lower no, down. <laughs> he's got White flag. White flag. Vaughn. We'll see where he lands. But definitely, Illinois didn't really do much. And then it came into Vanderbilt and stepped into his own. Also, was in the Senior Bowl. Looked pretty good. Another guy yep. who was in the Senior Bowl that looked really good. I'm skipping ahead on the show sheet. I'm sorry about this, Dad. Joshua Kelly. It's hard to root against this guy, Matt Kelly says. Very nice, very, you know, another guy who shows an all-purpose skill set and has a pretty good speed score. Tested pretty well at the combine. Another guy with a poor offensive line. Another guy, Chip Kelly's yeah. offense, and they could have used him as an all-purpose skill set. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't, they did not really a lot of pass catches, but senior bowl, he was making stand-up plays, making linebackers miss. Um, people were saying pe- catching passes with ease. First step off the pass, catch, um, able to make moves, make guys miss. So Joshua Kelly, is he a sleeper of the draft, Russell? Do you, would you say he's a sleeper of the draft? Yeah, I like that call. Um, again, as we get into the later rounds, um, sort of gets more into situation-based um, type, type things. But uh, I do like him. I think it was important that it was mentioned UCLA was rebuilding, you know, these last two years, and he was making the best of what do they say? Lemons out of lemonade out of lemons or whatever. Something like that. And, uh, <laughs> it it was it was pretty ugly. UCLA was a really not good team at all. So um I I do like him again, sort of see him in that fourth, fifth round draft range right now. Um, so landing spot will be important. But if he gets an opportunity, I could see him, you know, getting that volume in year one. Yeah. I mean, if he goes in round three, I think that boosts him up a little bit too. Some teams are starting to like Absolutely. him. I think yeah. a good fit for him. Well, I mean, Rams kind of suck, but the Rams did just get another second round pick. They could use it to trade back, possibly get a third. And I know that they're looking at running back as well to help pair with Darrell Henderson. So, which he could. I mean, he's got good speed, a good ability to attack the line. Yeah. What do you guys? So, what else you guys say about him? That's about it. That's about it. yeah. So I think he can be a super to drive depending on where he goes. But I think people guys are putting some respect on his name. You know, most people are taking guys like A.J. Dillon ahead of him in drafts. I'm okay with that. A.J. Dillon, big boy. This guy's a he big boy, big. but he's basically pure, <laughs> solid muscle and big able to move back. way quicker than you should at that size. He's kind of like a Derrick Henry, yeah. but like a Derrick henry light kind of guy because Derrick Henry is a man amongst boys. This guy is like a an adolescence against boys. I think that's, that's a way to put it, kind of a little bit lesser thing. So four, five, three, forty. that's not that good. But when you look at it, he's 247 pounds and six feet tall, that's 97th percentile speed score. Also explosive, super explosive, 97th percentile burst score. He played three years at Boston College each year over 1,100 yards, and he broke out his true freshman year having, having 300 carries for 1,500-plus yards. So what do you got to say about A.J. Dillon, Dad? Do you, you like this guy a little bit? He's, he, he, you know, he's kind of, as far as fantasy purposes, is like uh, LeGarrette Blunt. You think of LeGarrette Blunt? Well, I, I mean, I don't think he has any value in a, in a passing attack no. at all. Boston College would hand him the ball every other play, but nothing in the passing. So... I mean, he's got good size. He had a good combine, uh, 5.2 yards per carry. 
just average average for three years. Zero catches as a freshman. So he's got to add to the passing game to get his value up. Yeah, I mean, nowadays you're seeing less and less running backs who have an all-three-down purpose skill set where a team allow them to play all three downs. You're going to usually have a two-down skill set yeah. and bring in a pass-catching back. And I think that's where A.J. Dillon can fit in perfectly, possibly going to a team like the Chargers to help out with Austin Eckler right. a little bit, splitting carries. That's probably the, inside the 10-yard line, you know, just pound the ball. That's, yeah. that's, that's a little thunder-lightning combo right there. So I think sure. A.J. Dillon like to that, the Chargers yeah. would probably be an ideal landing spot for him. But what do you guys say about A.J. Dillon, Russell? Yeah, we kind of see with these big prospects, they're kind of all or nothing. I like the LeGarrette Blount uh, comparison. I think that's you know, what we're looking at here. Um, but it seems like it's either Andre Williams, who was a BC guy at the beginning of the decade, um, or it's like Derrick Henry, who after a few years gets a featured workload. So we saw this with Kalen Balaj a few years ago as well, where you know, he's this big, huge guy and a great athlete, but maybe not as good between the tackles as we thought. Um, kind of a weird profile. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's worth gambling on, but I think he's more of a gamble than is being thought of right now where it's like these big guys, they we kind of know right away. You know, Derrick Henry had that 70-yard touchdown run his rookie yeah. year, mm-hmm. and then uh, we kind of knew something was there. But the other guys, like we knew right away the other way, yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah. be interesting to see. Definitely interesting to see landing spot matters. And now my sweetheart, my favorite guy in this running back class who I've had higher. Favorite? Uh, he's probably my favorite, like after the top four. I, I love this guy. He's not my fifth ranked, but I have him higher than a lot of people. And now people are starting to catch on a little bit. But he did test as a wide receiver, Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. And apparently most teams are looking at him as a wide receiver. But I really, really want this guy to play running back. How does David Johnson sound from a profile perspective, you know? Or Joe Mixon. Yep. He's kind of similar to that. Six foot tall, 228 pounds, a 4.3940, just like Jonathan Taylor, 99th percentile speed score. And obviously, he's able to catch passes because he played a wide receiver. So 33 carries for 369 yards, not that good, but 38 catches on 56 targets for 735 receiving yards this past season. Very dynamic, can do a lot of things. So I personally love this guy. I mean, landing spot's going to matter for all these guys. But if you get him with the right offensive mind, like a Frank Reich or a Doug Peterson or something like that, someone that can utilize this guy mm-hmm. how they should be, I think Antonio Gibson can make some splash plays in the NFL and kind of have that Dave Johnson impact. When Dave Johnson's first NFL touch was a kick return for a touchdown, sure. I could see him doing kind of a similar thing. But it depends how a team wants to utilize him and where they want to utilize him. I'm hoping for running back. But even a wide receiver, you can see like a Debo Samuel kind of thing where you're getting carries out of the backfield as well, but probably to a more extent with Antonio Gibson because he did play some running back in college. So what do you guys say about Antonio Gibson, Dad? No, you're, you're, you said it good with David Johnson. I mean, he could be the perfect running back, pass catching back. Not the David Johnson now because David Johnson no, now is very bad. No, but when he's he very first bad. came into the league his first two years, he was fantastic, Yeah. right? Um, so we don't know what position he's going to play. I think he should play running back. His combine was four – 4.39. Uh, speed score was even better than Jonathan Taylor. Did you know that? 122.8. Yeah. So, I mean, Unbelievable. he's going high in mock drafts. Uh, it just depends where he goes and what they're going to use him as. Yeah. But I, th- I think he should definitely be used as a running back. I think so, too. What about you, Russell? You consider this guy a wide receiver or a running back? Or you're hoping for a running back kind of thing. So, I actually just put something together yesterday when I saw Mike Norvell – um, he's now the Florida Florida State head coach, and he's coming from Memphis. So he was the guy behind all these 
crazy prospects to come out of there the last couple of years. He's getting to Florida State the year after Cam Akers. So I'm slightly bummed about that. But yeah, so you kind of look at Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, like all these strange running back prospects to come out of the Memphis last couple of years. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't view Gibson as a top end guy when I, when I was watching him just because of like how weird his production was. I, I didn't know if he was a wide receiver or what he was. <laughs> so, um, you know, to see that athletic testing was eye opening. Certainly think he's going to be a top three round guy now based on the, the hype and, you know, what we've seen and what we're thinking about him now. Um, I, I like him. Uh, I, I'll be very interested to see how the NFL takes to him after Pollard last year, who seems like a pretty nice player for the Cowboys. Now uh, I'd expect uh, teams to take Gibson seriously. Yeah. I hope they do. That's I hope he point. gets that draft capital. I think people are starting to creep him up into that second, third round, depending on where they want to take him. So I think yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the second round and that would just make all of the stock just go up mm-hmm. because that's a high draft capital pick. Now that's going to do it for our set running backs, but sleeper running backs, guys, you're excited to see and see possibly where they Nobody land. Nobody wants to talk about Zach Moss. You don't think Zach Moss I'm not talking about good. Zach Moss on this podcast. All right. I don't like Zach Moss. All right. I mean, yeah, he breaks tackles. Good for him. We'll see the landing spot for him, too. But no, I don't want to talk about Zach All Moss. All right. Do you want to say something about Zach no. Moss? Is he your sleeper running back? No, he's not my sleeper running back. Russell, you got anything to say about Zach Moss? <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> like, there's, there's too many people too high on him. Yeah. So I know, like, I'm not going to be the guy that's high on him and probably not going to get him in any rookie drafts. But, like, I respect it. Like, I see it. I get it. So that's that's my take there. Awesome. Yeah, I, I like that take as well. So, Dad, sleeper running back for you. Give give us one. There's a couple of guys that I didn't list on purpose. See if you mentioned them. We'll see if you've done some good there, research. There is a couple. Eno Benjamin is one. All right. What's but I'm you? not going to talk about him. No, you're not going to talk about him. My sleeper is Anthony McFarlane. Okay. You like that? Ooh. Maryland, baby. Let's see what you got to say about <laughs> nice. him. Nice. I mean, this guy, like this guy could go at the end of the third round. He could go in the seventh round, right, depending on where he lands. He's exciting to watch. Uh, any space, and this guy is gone. This guy is so fast, he's gone. He has power. Uh, he, he does have a lack of agility. Uh, landing landing spot, I think, is going to see what he does during. Uh, he, he might have some durability concerns, right? Um, he's not going to be an NFL workhorse, but he has great upside. Might have the highest ceiling in this class, I think. The only problem with him that I see is he's only seen 269 touches the last two seasons to a broken leg and a high ankle sprain. But I think this guy is the best sleeper in the class. I think he's got the highest ceiling. McFarlane definitely has a high ceiling. Injuries in college, a little bit worried. He does have the injuries that are a little concerning. Anthony McFarlane, any quick takes on him, Russell? We don't have it. He is he's what I wanted Ty Johnson to be, okay. but Ty Johnson didn't end up yeah. like he's actually a really nice prospect. Yeah, I do like Anthony um, McFarlane. I I like Darrington Evans. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's he's not quite a sleeper at this point yeah. because I think, you know, like at the combine he did well and then people kind of looked at his profile. But yeah, he's kind of gonna be that guy in the third round that I hope sneaks slightly under the radar, maybe get him in the the mid to late second or rookie drafts. That's what I'm hoping right now. Um, so he's a major, major target for him. Uh, for me, I like the the profile there. Love it. Yeah. You see Darrington Evans, Appalachian State, used very dynamically. 4-4-1-40. Four, four, 
for him and mm-hmm. 82nd percentile burst score. Yeah. 21 years old, uh, 5'10", 203. Uh, Raheem Oster. How's that sound to you? I mean, he said that he miles his game after Raheem Oster. Right. He likes that. I think it's a perfect comparison oh, as well. So I like that. Hey, we'll see where he goes. But I love Darrington Evans, and I'm telling you know, in rookie drafts, people hoping for that third round automatic select. It's going to be late second now, at least. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to see the Twitter hype just keep going yeah. up and up. And by the time yeah. your rookie drafts come right. in May, it could go early it's going to be mid to late second. If you want yeah. this guy depending on landing spot, I'll push the button mid to late second, depending on where he lands. Obviously, you could boost that up. So I love Darrington Evans. Another guy I've been also targeting later Jamichael Hasty from Baylor is kind of interesting I guess you know quick cuts like that and then I need to keep an eye out for where he's gonna go I also I mean James Robinson from Illinois State he's a little more interesting for me Rico Dado also a little later you have any other sleepers than uh Darrington Evans for us Russell that's probably like the number one right now it's all gonna be based on where people get drafted I think that's gonna be like okay Rico Rico was a good one um the the biggest storyline for me this year was that two of my favorite guys didn't actually declare Travis Etienne oh. and, and Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, I was mad. I just want to have a moment of silence for there. <laughs> they could be being drafted right now and they're just choosing not to. So yeah. that's a bummer. But um I, I like the, the Rico Dowdo call. I think uh kind of a weird career injuries and stuff, but on the field kind of put it together um in spurts and had a nice athletic profile so i like him as well yeah we'll have to see uh, travis Etienne. if i was surprised he decided to stay he wants to get that championship with clemson bummer, i think yeah. i know a very big bummer next year's running by class depending if there's a season or not i know a lot of people get registered but Etienne's automatically coming out but shuba hubbard like you mentioned i mean i don't love Najee harris but he's coming out we'll see how he does but those two chuba hubbard and travis Etienne, both guys I, i'm really keeping an eye out for but that's going to do it for our rookie running back episode. Excited to see where these guys land next week on the yep, draft. Absolutely. Thank you to Russell for coming on. Thank I you, had Russell. a lot of fun informing us, informing the audience on what to look for in these running backs, and we'll have to see where Clyde Edwards Hilaire goes. But any last goodbyes? Where, where can people find you on Twitter? What do you do on Twitter for people who don't know and all that? Yeah, um, you can find me at Russell J. Clay on Twitter. I am a lead writer for fantasyguru.com. Um, we got a lot of draft stuff going on over there. So if you want to hear more of my, you know, just boring stat ramblings, that it's all over there at in one place or another. Um, going to be doing uh, something I do every year, um, production, like draft round probabilities. So if you want to get a gauge for, um, you know, what the draft round means for the player, um, that's something I'll be doing next week. So awesome. yeah, other than that, Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And we're on Periscope this week, YouTube next week, and beyond because people are saying it's lagging on Twitter, and I'm sorry about that. YouTube gave me this 24-hour delay yeah, we're thing. We're excited about YouTube. Stream. If we can get on YouTube, no, we will. We will. If, nice. No, it's going to happen. It's tomorrow, if you guys <laughs> are here, the lag right now, is a little better. So you guys listen to this on Thursday, but tonight... Check Twitter at, at FatherSonFF. We're going to have Stompy come back on. I'm mean, some guy named Stompy. I guess he's, he won Scott Fishbowl or something like that. I don't know. That's but, old news. That, that, yeah, that's I, I, well, he's still going to talk about it. He's going to come on talking to some dynasty players, some rookies as well. But looking forward to the draft next week. David Gettleman's going to be looking like you on a computer. doesn't know how to work it. All I'm right. excited to see that going on for your virtual draft. But, yeah, that's going to do it for us today. And we'll see you guys all next time. See ya.